This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Highfield. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church, and I want to say thank you so much for watching online at home today. Uh, Today, we are in a sermon series called Battle Ready, and uh, we're on week three of that. We're talking about I'm filled today, uh, and we're talking about what you're full of, right? And so uh, we've all made a joke with a friend or whatever, tell them they're full of something, right? Uh, And so the goal today is that we would look at our lives and go, man, what is it that I'm controlled by? What is it that I'm filled up with? Because what I'm filled up with actually controls me. And so uh, before we jump into that, though, what's your battle? I wonder what it is today. Maybe you're battling loneliness. Maybe you're battling guilt. Maybe you're a people pleaser like myself and you just want to make everybody happy. Maybe you're battling something with your health or you've got anxiety or depression issues. Like whatever it may be, we're all battling something. And so uh, no one uh, is up against nothing today. We all are battling something. And really, uh, the book of Ephesians helps us to become battle ready because it helps us to, to understand who we are, who God is, and what our response should be. And so uh, we're going to walk through this actually in Ephesians chapter 3 today. So if you have your version Bible app or if you have a Bible in front of you, you can turn there. I've also got the verses on the screen as well. We're actually going to jump right in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. And the question really is, is what are you full of? What is it in your life that is controlling you and what's not controlling you? So let's, let's jump into this. Ephesians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 19. Here's what Paul, this is a prayer that he has for us. And so he was praying for current believers, for future believers. And here's what, he's, his, here's what his prayer was. May you, have, uh, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. So, man, isn't that right? Like, uh, God loves us. He's crazy about us. And when I think about the love that God has for me, it's too big to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life. And so uh, the fullness of life here is translated zoe, Z-O-E. And it just simply means the fullness of of life and power that comes from God. And so Paul's prayer is that you and I would experience true life, the fulfillment of life, fullness of life that only comes from God. It doesn't come from things, doesn't come from money, doesn't come from relationships. It only comes from understanding the fullness of the love of God. Now he goes on to say in verse 20, now all glory to God who's able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. And the good news is, is that if you're filled with God's power, you can literally do anything. Uh, He says there in in verse 20 that you're able to do infinitely more than you could ever ask or think. And that's why Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it couldn't be more real in my life. The things that I've been able to accomplish in my life, there there is no chance that I'd be able to accomplish those without understanding the fullness of God, without the fullness of God's power in my life. In the same is true in your life today. And so how do you know, uh, how, how is it that you, that you live full in anything? What do you have to do? Well, um, I have a friend that's really into fly fishing and I recently went on a fly fishing trip. I don't even like touching fish. So it's a big milestone for me. And I asked him, man, how do you become good at fly fishing? And his quick answer was this, I, you have to immerse yourself in it. Uh, you can't just, you can't just tease around about it. You can't just spend a little bit of time on it. You can't spend five minutes or 5% of your energy on it. No, you have to absolutely immerse yourself in it. I had a friend that learned a foreign language uh, and he moved uh, to the country to learn it. uh, And he he was able to learn Spanish because he jumped right into the culture. He didn't learn it at home, didn't learn it in the States. Instead, he had to immerse himself in it. And so if you're going to become a master of something, or if you're going to be controlled by something, or be full of something, then you have to immerse yourself in it. And so uh, research has actually been shown to say it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at something. 
So if you want to master something, if you want to get something down, become a pro at it, it literally takes 10,000 hours. And so if you just want to date that or dabble around in it, you could say, well, I'll become a master at something. But if, it, if you just do an hour a day, it would take you 27 years to become a master of something if you just took out one hour a day. And so that's the argument that in order for you to be full uh, of something, in order for you to, be, uh, to become a master at something, then you have to completely immerse yourself in it. It can't just be something that you experience on a Sunday morning or you experience watching online in church. It's got to be something where you say, man, if I'm going to go all in with God and be controlled by His Spirit, then that means that I'm going to have to completely immerse myself in this. And so uh, you, you got to be 80 or 90% on something in your life to master it. And so, again, it deserves your full attention. I've got a list of things that I think that we could all kind of agree we know somebody or maybe these are things that we're interested in that we would love to master. Now, some of you, it's getting ready to be hunting season. And so uh, hunting is something that you want to master. Or maybe it's, maybe it's fishing or maybe it's golf or, you know, if you're like me, maybe it's fantasy football, right? You got to, uh, somebody told me the other day uh, that they felt like their husband had an imaginary football team. And that made fantasy football like hilarious to me to think about because really we call it fantasy football. We get so used to it. We really think that we're the owner or the general manager of our fantasy football team. But here's the thing, guys, especially listening today, it's all Right? And so that's the hilarious thing about fantasy football. Maybe it's biking. Maybe it's your spiritual life. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's parenting. Maybe it's hiking. Like, I don't know what it is for you, but like, what is it in your life that you want to master? Right? And you can only master two or three things here. And so maybe you're going to be the master, you know, at your spiritual life. Like, that would be a great goal. If you're going to fully immerse yourself in that, then that's an important first step. Or maybe it's work, or maybe it's parenting, or maybe it's your marriage. Like, what is it that you want to become a master at? And I want you to know, whatever you spend your time on is what you will master in your life. And so the hope is, is that you spend your time on your spiritual life. And so what does it look like for you and I to make God the number one priority? Well, what it means is it means immersing myself in knowing him. And that's going to be more than just praying to him when I need something. Uh, that's going to be more than just reading my Bible when I show up to church. Like, it, it's going to be more than that. It means I have to go all in and immerse myself in the ways that God would want me to live. Let's look at this in, again in verse 19. Paul says this, May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Man, would you be willing to say, I'm going to go all in and experience the fullness of life? You can't experience the fullness of life that God is offering you if you just experience God only on Sunday mornings or only when you watch church online. It's, gonna, it's, it's not going to cut it just to kind of date God. What, what God wants us to do is to be fully immersed in Him. And so, man, would you decide to make Him the number one, number one priority of your life by saying, I'm going to immerse myself in Him. And the second thing is this, is that would you choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, depending on your church origins or your church background, we all have uh, different terminologies when it comes to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Like you may be watching this and you're a little confused. Like, okay, I, I understand who God is, understand who Jesus is. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's a little confusing, right? Because he uh, is the Holy Spirit. And how, how is it that I can not only uh, have the Holy Spirit in my life, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? And so Every single one of us that are listening right now that would identify ourselves as Christians or followers of Jesus, I want you to know 
you have, my friend, the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And so that's what convicts you of your sin. Uh, that's what kind of leads and guides you in your life. If you ever had those moments where like uh, you, you were uh, praying about something and then something miraculous happened, like a, a person, you, you were praying about the opportunity to share your faith with somebody and then like an old high school friend walks into the restaurant that you're having lunch at and you get that opportunity right there because they just, they, they ask you, like something personal and you're able to go right at it and just be able to share your faith. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's one of a gazillion examples that we could give. But the, the idea here though, in order for you to make God the number one priority, you've gotta be, you don't only have to experience the Holy Spirit in your life, but you gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. A few chapters over in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, Paul says this, he says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life, Right? And so he goes on to say, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why does he use the example of being drunk on wine? The reason why he uses this example is because when you're drunk, you're controlled by something, right? You're controlled by alcohol. And so if you're drunk, you're not making decisions on your own. You're, not, you're, you're actually not only, you're not controlled with your own actions, right? It's the alcohol that controls you. Now, this isn't a sermon about alcohol, but what this is a sermon about is about what you're filled with. Now, if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that controls me. Not alcohol, uh, not my outside circumstances, not how I feel, not how people feel about me. What is controlling me is the power of the Holy Spirit. And what Paul's urging us to do is this, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that then that we're, we're controlled by it. So what you are full of is what controls you. So my question to you is this, is what is controlling you? Like, I want to slow down for a second and just get into this for a second. What is, it, what is it in your life that's controlling you? Is it your money? Is that controlling you? Is it your relationships? Is it your need for instant gratification? Is it a habit? Is it something from your past? Is it an old hurt habit or hang up? What is it that's controlling you? And I, I'm, I would be willing to bet that every one of us could identify something. And if we're honest... We're not always controlled by the Holy Spirit. So what would be different about your life today, though, if you were? You know, if you were controlled by the Holy Spirit, I think about the battles that you face. If you battle loneliness, if you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, guess what, man? You're, you're never alone because God's with you. If you battle anxiety today, you don't have to battle anxiety because you're, you, the, the, the things that are outside of your control, God has control over. We go on and on with the battles that we have is that when I'm, when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, when I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, it changes the way I fight the battles in my life. So I wonder today what you're up against and I wonder, man, are you running on the wrong thing? Recently, um, I was driving down the interstate with Chase, our worship pastor, and I was nearly out of gas. My check engine light or my check gas light came on and uh, I told Chase, hey man, I'm gonna have to pull off and get some gas. And Chase said, hey, dude, your car is going to run another 20 or 30 miles with that light on. And I laugh because uh, I, I run like this all the time, is I like to see just how empty I can get my tank. Like I, the other day, I got it so empty that I put more gas in it than ever before. It also costs more than ever before. But this drives one staff member crazy. Jacob hates it whenever I do this. And so it was really awesome to find out uh, that Chase actually likes running on empty. But let's pretend like for a second that Chase and I ran out of gas. Well, one thing's gonna happen. We're definitely not calling Jacob because we're gonna have to go through the shame and the embarrassment of him 
driving from his house uh, to wherever we're broke down on the side of the interstate, getting a gas can container and helping fill up our gas, and then forever living with uh, the grief, living with the jokes that would come from that. So we knew for sure we wouldn't call Jacob, but let's say for a second that we run out of gas and we walk to a convenience store. We walk uh, to the quickest quick trip, which we all know is the best convenience store out there, right? No competition. But let's say for a second, the quick trip somehow is out of gasoline. There's no gas. So my car is out of gas and quick trip's out of gas. And so, but they, the, the, the teller says this instead of the, the cashier says, hey, uh, we don't have any soda, but we've got doc, we have liters of Dr. Pepper. And so you could take those liters of Dr. Pepper, or we got bags of sugar or we have gallons of coffee, or gallons of milk. And it doesn't matter what you fill your car up with, just fill it up with something, and it'll run. Right? That's at, like, as you're hearing me describe this, you're thinking that is absolutely outrageous, right? Well, in the same way, when we fill our lives full of things like that, that our, that our life shouldn't be ran on, we are always going to end up going places that we should, were never intended to go. So I wonder today, man, what is it that you're filling your life up with? God's like, hey, I got this high octane Holy Spirit that I want your life to be filled with, and instead, you're settling for sugar. Instead, you're settling uh, for things that, that you know are gonna wreck your life. And so Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life, so then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So man, what is it that you need to replace? Maybe you need to replace hate for love. Like maybe that's your next step. You go, man, I've got, I've got an unhealthy hate in my heart towards somebody and it's time for me to, to put on love. Maybe, maybe you've got some sorrow in your life and you need to replace that sorrow with joy. Recognizing that, man, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I can trust God and I can be full of joy. Maybe it's anxiety and you say, man, I'm full of anxiety and here's the thing, when I'm full of the Holy Spirit, man, I can be full of peace even though uh, there's some anxious situations in my life. Maybe it's frustration. Replace frustration with patience right? Replace mean-spiritedness with kindness. Replace being out of control with self-control. Everything on this column, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, are all fruit of the Spirit. So I wonder today, are you following that? How do you know what you're full of? If you're full of God's presence, your life is going to be full of these benchmarks. These are going to be metrics in your life that you can look at, measurements in your life you can look at. Man, how am I doing at loving people? And not just the people that are easy to love. How do I do? Is my life full of joy? Is my life full of peace and patience and kindness? If it's not, then my friend, listen, maybe you're filling your life up full of things that you ought not to be filling it full of. Let's, look, let's reread this verse starting in back in verse 14. Again, this is Paul's prayer. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources that he will empower you. Paul's prayer is that you and I would not be empowered by outside resources, but instead by God, his unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So what are you full of? Are you full of the spirit or not? Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Is there room in your heart for more of God? Or are you closed off to that? Has he let you down and, th and you've thought, man, I'm not letting him in again. And I, what I would tell you is this is, man, would you let him in? Would you decide that, that you are no longer gonna live your life controlling everything and said, man, I'm gonna be controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna be full of the Holy Spirit. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 
And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete. That's complete. That's the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Man, would you make a decision to be full, to be complete? We all know there's something missing, right? I mean, isn't it wild how you can seemingly have it all together from the outside? That maybe you've put on this, this facade on social media that everything is good. People at work think that everything is good. People you're at extended family think that everything is good. But you know on the inside that there's something that's not whole. There's something that's not complete. Paul's prayer is that you and I would experience the fullness of God, which would make us complete. He goes on to say, now all glory to the God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish what? Infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. Glory to him and the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Without God, you're not able to accomplish nearly as much as you would be able to accomplish with him. Jesus himself talks about this in John chapter 15, verse four, where Jesus says this, remain in me and I'll, and I'll remain in you. So he just simply says, stick with me, hang with me, don't leave me. For a branch can't produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. Man, you have to make a decision to say, man, I'm gonna remain with Jesus. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remain in him. My life is gonna be full of him and full of his Holy Spirit. So I just have two next steps for you to consider. The first one is this, would you decide I'm gonna immerse myself in him? Like, I'm not just gonna give God a piece of my life or a percentage of my life anymore. I'm saying, God, I'm, I'm all in. I wanna master the ways of following you. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but maybe that's your next step today is saying, hey, you know what, for too long, for, for too many years or too many decades, I've only given God part of my life. And maybe today's the day you say, God, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm holding nothing back. I'm immersing all I got in you. And maybe it's this also today as the next step is that you would simply be filled with the Holy Spirit. That you would make the choice to say, I'm gonna be controlled, not by my spirit, not by my outside circumstances, but instead I'm, I'm gonna be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So I don't know what your next step is today, but I'm gonna pray for you. And my hope is, uh, is that as you pray today, that you would just simply have the courage to take that next step. Let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. Father, I'm thankful for my friends that watched online today. Help every one of us to identify here in Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter three, what our next step is. God, I thank you that we don't have to do this life alone, that we have your spirit, your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that convicts us, that challenges us, that empowers us to live the life that we live. So God, help us to be, to, to immerse ourselves in you. And God, help us to be led and controlled by your Holy Spirit. We pray all of these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.